You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Our text of Jeremiah 4 and 14 is a prophecy. And basically, a prophecy is when God uses a person based upon the text, a prophet, to speak on his behalf. Amos 3 and 7 simply states, Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Second Chronicles 20 and 20, the last sentence says this right here. It says, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. God will tell me some significant and essential things in reference to my life through his message. You should never take a man, a woman of God lightly, especially the words that he or she speaks. Jesus let the devil know that the words of a prophet of the mouthpiece of God were weighty when he said to the devil in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now he let the devil know. So the devil knows the significance of, of a prophetic word. The devil knows the significance of God giving a man, a woman of God, a word that will change the lives of God's people. The devil knows that. And so that's the reason the devil or demons make it their business To stop the word from getting in your being to the point to where it becomes a part of your makeup. Or you're so stirred by the word, it causes you to think it, to talk it, and to put it into action. The enemy knows if I can just stop her. From walking in the rainbow that God sent her, she'll never get her good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Jesus said on one occasion, 
based upon Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth is going to pass. But I'll tell you, it was not going to pass. was not going to fail. My word. My word is not going to fail. If, if God tells you something directly or indirectly, it's going to happen. Maybe not on your timetable, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. God is going to manifest everything that he said. Whether it's a logos, a general word that applies to everybody, or whether it's a rhema word, a word that's specifically tailored for you. A word that God made it his business to let you know. Made it his business to make sure that you would hear exactly what you needed in order to deal with your situation or circumstance. And so at at the time, Jeremiah was prophesying to the children of God. But if you'll notice in the text, he refers to the children of God as Jerusalem. Literally, Jerusalem was the capital city of Palestine. A a city that really captivated David because David deemed Jerusalem the city of David. Jerusalem in the text is figurative of the people of God. Basically, it refers to them being God's chosen. Jerusalem, the chosen of God. And most folks will say, well, you know, we know that's literal Israel. Yeah, but it's, but it's also figuratively the church. We are God's chosen folk. There are folk that went through what you went through that died in it, but you didn't die. Reason being, God had his hand on you. You were chose for a specific reason or purpose. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't think you made it through the fire because... Of your own strength. God brought you through the fire. Because he has a purpose for you. You were chosen to do what you're presently doing. Or you were chosen in order to do something that God has waiting for you in the near or distant future. I got to move on. But I I just want to know if there's anybody in here that know you were chosen. I tell folks, they, well, how, how come you, like you, I was chosen to be blessed. I was chosen to be a happy person. I, I was chosen to go through trials and tribulations and come out with a testimony. Oh, you better tell somebody I, I was chosen to go through some stuff. God chose you to go through what you what you went through, sister, so you could be a testimony for somebody else. 
God chose you, brother, to go through all of the trouble that you went through because he knew that, that you would stick to his word and that when you finally came out of your trouble, you would have a testimony. Don't be talking about why did I have to go through cancer. God chose you to go through what you're going through right now. But that thing is not going to destroy you. God is going to use it for a testimony. God will choose folk for his glory. And when he chooses you, that means that you are his child. You are Jerusalem. Oh, no, not literally. But you are connected to the most high God. You don't just tell folks you know Jesus. You let them know Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. I get up talking to him. Me and Jesus have a tight relationship. Why? Because he is your God and you are his servant. He is your father and you are his child. It's a personal thing. And, and, and he's concerned about his children. Isn't it wonderful to have a, a God that's concerned about you to the point to where he'll tell you, he'll, he'll tell you the truth. Yeah, he'll tell you the truth. And see, we know the power of the truth according to John 8, 31 and 32. It says you, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Truth has creative power. It'll free you if you walk in it. You, you can't think, talk, and do truth and not be changed for the better. Folk, folk ask me sometimes, what happened to you? Truth. What do you mean truth? I heard the real truth. I got tired of dealing with flunkies and, and just decided to hear the real truth. I got tired of hearing from folks that were wannabes and went to the source. I just decided to bypass all the flunkies and the wannabes and say, God, I need you. I hear folks saying this, that, and the other, but I want to know the truth from you. And that's what happened to some of us. Some of us, we had messed up lives because we used to hang with flunkies. Woo, you don't like me calling your old friends or your present friends flunkies. But some of us know we used to hang with flunkies. You had folk that were going down and you were going down on the same ship with them. But then you decided, I'm tired of drowning with y'all. I'm going to get out this boat. And ask Jesus to help me. And the rest is history. Oh, if I'm telling the truth, how I find somebody to say the rest is history. I got out the boat and he saved me. 
But God will tell you the truth. And, and some folk don't like the truth, especially when, when it's what I call the naked truth. Some folk, when they hear the naked truth, especially in church like this, they'll stick up their finger and they will walk out on you and they will talk about the preacher at the dinner table. But some of us, we got to hear the real truth. We want to hear the real truth. It's going to take God stepping on our toes if we ain't going to backslide. It's going to take God removing the cover and showing us our mess if we're going to prosper in life. Am I talking about you? And so he just had to tell them the truth. Because, see, some, some folk don't want the truth because they, they like to stay in their foolishness. Even if, I don't, even if I don't repent and do what I need to do, when he tell me the truth, I still want to know it. I want to know the truth. Again, because the truth has creative power. John 8, 31 and 32 Again, says in part, you'll know the truth and truth shall make you free. And so, he prophesied to Jerusalem and, and said to them, that, look, you got some wickedness. You got some wickedness in your life. You've been dealing with wicca. The root meaning of wickedness from an old English word is wicca. Wicca equates witch. You've been dealing with seducing spirits. You've been dealing with folk that seduce You've been fooling around with things that seduce. Bottom line, they were in idolatry. Dealing with the demonic. See, anytime you, you put something or somebody before God, it's demonic. It's idolatry. Money is a tool, but when you put money before God, you're operating in idolatry. A wife is a good thing until you put your wife before God. Didn't get no nice amens and hallelujahs when I said that. Got some quiet ones. You ashamed? Your God is to come first. Old and New Testament, we know that the first and great commandment is here, O Israel. The Lord God is one. Therefore, you are to put him first. When it comes to every aspect of your life. And so, when people are committing wickedness, that connection is not holy. 
There's some, there some contamination in the connection. And God was telling his children through Jeremiah, look, there's some wickedness. There's some wickedness and, and, and it needs to be washed out of your heart. The primitive root for wash is to trample. It means to crush under your feet. He wanted them to destroy or get completely rid of the wickedness. Because see, some things, if, if you don't destroy them, you'll pick them up again. You'll take on the nature of a dog. One proverb says that the dog that has vomited went away from it. But then got hungry again. And went right back. Woo! I don't even want to bend. But the dog went back and ate the vomit. But the writer, the proverb writer, took it further by saying, and the sow of the pig that was cleaned up. Has went back to the mud hole. Went back to the mire. So God said, said to them, I, I want you to destroy the wickedness that's in your heart. And sometimes in order to destroy certain things, that, that means you're going to have to sever some relationships. How, how many learn as, as a child of God, you just can't hang with everybody? You just can't make everything popular in the same way that sinners make it popular. You don't need to be on Facebook, Twitter, and such like everybody else. You're Christian. But when you on there and folk got to wonder if you're Christian or not, you operating in wickedness. Ain't nobody trying to tell you to, to close up the account, but, but when, folk, when folks say you Christian, but you're doing such and such, you need to drop that Christian because Christians don't do certain things on social media. Right? You don't just be saved on Sunday. That, that was in your other life. In your new life, you saved all the time. I know they told you you were saved in that form of life. Now that was their saved, but this is the real thing now. This that 2 Corinthians 5. Where Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Then he went on to say, oh, things. A pass 
And then he, he told us this right here in the verse. Look. Everything is new. See, sometimes you have to look at yourself and just be honest. Am I new? And what I doing, would a sinner do this or a Christian? Am I new? What I'm thinking, would a sinner think like this or a Christian? Where I'm hanging, would a Christian hang here or a sinner? And if four out of five of your answers to questions like that are sinner, that means you still sinner. Well, I ask him for forgiveness. Forgiveness and repentance are not the same thing. Repentance means you don't completely turn from the old path and you're on the new path. I know you have folks that, well, you know he repented before he died. Yeah, how, what do you mean he repented? He asked God for forgiveness. That ain't repentance. That's asking for forgiveness. But repentance is when you change. You go from old to new. So a person can ask for forgiveness on their deathbed. That does not mean heaven. Except. You repent. You all shall likewise perish. That's Bible. He wanted them to wash their heart of the wickedness. And, and seemingly, the Lord knew he needed To make it more plain to the children of God. So then he did so in the form of a question. But in the question, you'll, you'll notice that he let them know you still have evil thoughts lodged within. And man, sometimes you, you, you have to... Work hard at getting that kind of stuff out of you. Some, 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 some thoughts you can have in you, it's going to take fasting and praying to get them out of you. Woo, some of y'all act like you don't know what I'm talking about. He did you dirty and you just can't get, a, get, a, get that out of you. Come on, sister girl. You got to come with. Come, come on, sister girl. Normally, women just, amen. Yes, pastor. But she's quiet now. Let me just check out my audience real quick. How many women in here you have been hurt by a man? My husband here, I'm married. I don't want him to know well. Do this then. <laughs> but get this. When somebody hurts you, whether it's a male or female, and, and you know, and, and folk be telling you, look, you need to just forgive him and move on. They can say that, but that just ain't that easy. 
Because sometimes you, you can be mad to the point to where even though you about to run out of gas, you know he stay on that street. You just don't even want to go out that street. You, you be about to run out of gas, but you got to think, oh, Lord, this where he stay. And you go, oh, let me just go around. You hear me? There are folk in here that have been there. Why you don't want to go there? Because he stayed there. Well, it ain't going to take you five seconds to go by his house. That's five seconds I don't want to waste. There are thoughts that have kept men awake couldn't go to sleep couldn't go to sleep oh you try to like you got it all together when you're around your boys like, oh man I'm like look that would just I just scrapped that look she didn't want to get with it so it's over I'm, but I'm like yeah but if they could only be a fly on the wall And see that by 11.30, when you know you got to get up at 6, you're trying to go to sleep. You can't go to sleep because the only thing in your mind is that name. And if her name was Doris, that's all you think about. Doris. Yeah. There are folks that get married but still have thoughts about other folk in their mind. And those thoughts stay lodged in. Y'all holding on? For years. For years. See, see, the Lord knew that this is what was happening with Jerusalem at the time. And likewise, he knows that there are some of us that you got some thoughts lodged within that it's time for them to go. You've been masking those thoughts with your hallelujahs, amens, and that fake smile. He says, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. You got to make the choice to get rid of that. Because that thing is hindering your salvation. I want to save you. I want to I, I take you to another level. I, I want to do for you. What I purpose to do, but I can't do what I purpose to do for you as long as you're holding on to this stuff. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I hindered my prosperity for years because of bad thoughts. 
Folk can have bad thoughts about giving God his tithes and offerings and, and won't do it and be hindering their own prosperity. Bad thoughts about prayer and stop praying and be hindering your own deliverance. Bad thoughts about a person you shouldn't have bad thoughts about and hindering your own salvation. A person that, yeah, you should be mad at, but, but you should be Christian enough after a certain amount of time to just let that thing go. See, God gave us power to get rid of stuff as Christians. That's the reason we, we are told in scriptures like Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 in part, lay aside every weight and what? The sin. That's what? Besetting, hindering, or stopping your prosperity. You got to let it go. You just got to let that thing go. I had somebody that, that uh, owed me about $15,000. And I, I said, well, I'm seeing like I'm going to get my money. I said, Lord, seemed like they, and, and then the person had nerves and said, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to get it to you, but seemed like you don't really need it, though, do you? I just like, boy, that just, it don't matter if I don't need it, it was my money. If I want to take it and throw it up in there, it was my money. And when they said that, it just, boy, that thing just stayed with me all day. I don't need my money. I'll get it to you when I can. When you needed it, it wasn't like that. You hunted me down for it. I really need, give me three days and it'll be. I'm trying to make it real for y'all. And so, the Lord said, you need to just let that go. Like, Lord, you heard what he said. It seemed like he's trying to get smart and try, act like he don't know what I need. You the only one that know what <laughs> all that I need. Right? I can't just look at you and know all your needs. Only one can do that is who? And so he said, you just need to just let it go. And I just, I just asked him, well, well, how do I need to let it go? Just let it go. But do it as a process? No, let it go. Because, see, he knew I had the power. Because he had given me the power to just let it go. And so I said, well, Lord, I'm done with it. I won't even ask about it. I won't even say anything. I'm just going to go on. I said, but Lord, I don't have to do nothing else to No, but just let that go. All right. Let it go. To this day, I let it go. Just brought it up because as an example. But I let it go. 
because it was hindering my prosperity. And when the Lord recognized that I had truly let that thing go, all of a sudden things that, that I had been praying about, asking him to do, they started coming one after another. Just started coming one after another to the point to where I said, well, is it something else I just probably need to let go? So some more stuff can just come on. You understand what I'm saying? See, see, certain things, we have to just let go. You can't pray about that. That's a vain prayer. You have to let it go. And then some, sometime in order to let something go, it may mean that you just need to just get some stuff off you. In reference to talking to somebody. You know, you, you know your situation. And God will tell you what you need to do, but he ain't going to do it for you. It's just like these examples I'm using. God directed me to use these examples. I ain't trying to let you know all my personal business. Me and you ain't that close. For me to be telling you all this. This God telling me to share this. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't going to tell me all your personal business, are you? But if God release you to tell me certain things to help me, you will, right? You have to let it go. Because, because if not, it's going to hinder your salvation. It's going to hinder it. And say to your neighbor, you don't want your salvation hindered. Because, see, your salvation is tied into Jesus helping you. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus or the Lord shall be saved. So if I call on him and nothing happens... That mean is something that I'm holding on to that's hindering my salvation. And see, some of us have, have experienced that. We, we have called on Jesus to do certain things and nothing happened. You ever been there, called on him, and, and felt like he didn't answer? Even to the point to where your, your mind started saying, well, maybe it ain't real, this prayer thing. Maybe he won't. You know, it, it's amazing when stuff like that happens, all kind of things start going through your mind. But see, when you consider Jeremiah 4 and 14, they had to wash or to get rid of some things in order to receive their salvation. Even Joe went... Jo even Job, when, when it finally came down to Job receiving complete deliverance, you know what God told him? Go in there and pray for them folk that I've been talking about you like a dog for the last days or so. Go in there and pray for them. 
These folk done told me, Lord, that I'm this, that, and the other, and they done said that it's sin in my life, and, and I tried to explain to them that such and such, and such and such, and, and they talking about this right here, and you want me to go in there and pray for them. And get this, before he got his turnaround, Job had to pray for folk that had been putting him down, talking about him for days. You read it. If you haven't. See, you, you got to get that stuff out of you. It's just like Jeremiah. Jer- Jeremiah, well, not Jeremiah, Jonah. Jonah didn't have a problem preaching to folk, but when the Lord told Jonah, that he wanted him to go and prophesy to the Ninevites. And he knew the history of the old folk and how they had done bad to him and his family. He didn't want to do it. And the only way he got his deliverance was when he finally obeyed God. See, there are certain things that can hinder your salvation. I done experienced it, and some, some of you, that, that's where you are right now. You sitting here mad at somebody and, and know that ain't, that ain't Christian the way you're doing it. And thank God going to bless you. God ain't going to bless no mess. And see, I can tell you because I done been there. How many understand? Lord of mercy. I better read this again, y'all. Woo, I'm closing. I'm I'm closing. I done said said enough, but I want to read this. Again, Jeremiah 4 and 14. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be helped me. Say. That you may be what? I want to save you. I want to completely deliver you. The primary thing that God wanted to do in saving them was to give them back their name. That's the reason in this verse he deemed them again, O Jerusalem. One of the few times uh, in scripture, especially in the, in, uh, when it comes to the prophets, that he ever just specifically used this because he knew that they needed to understand that they were not possessing peace. Jerusalem means possession of peace. They were not possessing peace. And peace, shalom, means, number one, prosperity. They were not possessing their peace or their prosperity because their heart needed washing. And so the primary thing he wanted to do in order to save them is give them back their name. And of course, name represents character. He wanted to make sure that people just didn't 
say out of their mouth they were Jerusalem, but when they looked at their lifestyle, they could see that they were possessing prosperity. See, folks just don't need to just hear you say you're a Christian. They need to be able to look at your life and say, he Christian. Not just because of your hallelujah. No, they need, they, need to be, they need to be able to look at your life and say, yeah, I know you Christian because I see the abundant life that God done bestowed upon you. Oh, I, I, see, I see you, Christian, because God is causing this, that, and the other to happen like he said it would happen in the scripture. So I know you, Christian. Amen. See, there's a whole lot of folk going to talk, they cry. But when you look, you'll be like, that, ain't, that, don't, that don't look like Christian to me. Right. Your lifestyle should exemplify your name. If you bury the Christian, your lifestyle should exemplify that you are Christ-like. If you steal or, or reach back and cuss folk out, that ain't, that ain't Christian. How many understand? Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.